Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for our latest housing market podcast. I'm Oscar Way, Senior Economist of CAR. And I'm Jordan Levine from CAR as well. Great. Well, let me ask you, Jordan, you and I both had a chance to go to Expo uh, last week, right? Yeah, first think about expo it? ever. It oh, was great, awesome. Great, yeah, great. So what do you think? It was good. There was a lot of great sessions there. Um, some I just got to attend as kind of an audience member, right, okay. which was awesome, and um, brought in a lot of great speakers. I know there was a lot of really good information for members. I specifically went to um, a legal session where they talked about some of the hot legal issues that our members are facing on a daily basis and that was just really insightful for me um, to learn a little bit more about you know what you guys all do on a daily basis and some of the challenges that you're facing and then um, you know Captain Mark Kelly was there which was you know a highlight right, as well right. um, and then you know our very own Leslie knocked out knocked it out of the park I guess with her um, 2017 forecast so all in all it was a, a really good event and I got to meet some members and kind of you know learn more about what they do so it was great that's great I'm, I'm glad that you had a good experience it's it's um, not my first it's, I've been to forecast for uh, quite a few times or expo quite a few times I know you and I both were involved in a couple workshop couple of sessions uh, during the expo one is the econ panel we had a great econ panel sessions definitely with four great panelists and it was the room was packed I hope you know some of you had a chance to attend that particular sessions but if you didn't get a chance to attend that sessions you can definitely go on the serial website uh, there is a link I believe on the serial website where you can actually go there and download um, with a cost of uh, some of the uh, sessions uh, that, nice. were being, that were being recorded and it was a great session um, and of course um, of course the Leslie uh, forecast was great too it was a room full of a lot of people yeah I don't know how many people were in there it looked like a thousand people to me I'm no expert on judging audience size but packed room and I think you know more impressive was just how how kind of captivated they were right um, with with the news and I think that you know bringing some kind of realism back to the expectations and what's coming down the pike I think was was really good to see and and you're absolutely right it's always nice to interact with uh, realtors be able to kind of talk to them to get a sense of what's going on in the, in reality in the market and always kind of set us up you know for the upcoming year and of course um, during the sessions Leslie talk about the forecast let's go right into a forecast this this uh, podcast we want to talk a bit about the forecast first let me just um, put a uh, come up and say, you know, we made a comparison between at the very beginning of the forecast sessions. We made a comparison between last year and this year. Um, I'll come forward and say, you know, last year we probably were a little bit more optimistic than what actually ended up happening. Yeah, right. I, think, I think in her speech, Leslie said this was her cadence of accountability. Um, you know, but yeah, just kind of facing the facts in terms of you know what we got right and what we didn't get right, and and you know a little bit about why, and so maybe that's a good place to start here. Right, definitely. Well, let's let's just uh, come clean and say, well, last year when we last year uh, last expo, we predicted our sales 
of existing single-family home would be 6.3% above the year before, 2015. Mm. Um, but in reality, we actually came in a little short. Yeah. Um, it's virtually flat, but about 0.4% below. We projected for 2016, 0.4% below 2015. Mm-hmm. But why do you think that is the case? What did we do wrong? Well, you know, there was a lot of stuff, I think, that, that both happened that we didn't expect and some things that we expected to happen which actually never materialized. Um, so, you know, I think one of the big ones was on the interest rate front, right? We um, had that interest rate hike back in 2015 towards the end of the year. Uh-huh. Um, you know, not just us, but I think the consensus amongst the vast majority of economists out there was that we were going to see um, some additional rate increases in 2016. There was some debate about how many. Was it going to be three, four, five, six more um, rate increases? But in fact, you know, rates kind of backslid back the other way, which, you know, is is something that I think wasn't expected. There was some some global turmoil as well, right? right? Right, and I think well, part of the reason why they have not been, they have not increased. The Federal Reserve did not increase interest rate as much. I have to say, it has a lot to do with you know how our economy do, is doing, and, right? And that's one of the reasons why we're not having as much housing demand. Um, the first half, as you and I both know, that the first half was not great. Uh, first quarter was only uh, both. First quarter was less than one percent. Second quarter recently revised, the GDP only grew 1.4. Right. And we previously thought, okay, well, 2016 is going to be a better year than 2015. Yeah, it seems like that's been kind of the mantra for the last couple of years. It's like, oh, this year is kind of weak and lackluster, but next year we're really poised and have a lot of the fundamentals going for us so that we'll hit our stride. I mean, we thought that in 2014 when things were, you know, looking pretty good, we're adding jobs and we're recovering at a decent clip and, you know, little bit disappointing we thought 2015 that's when we're really going to kind of break loose and and you know it just seems like one thing after another not necessarily in the u.s economy but whether it's you know things that are happening um, overseas overseas, right right, in europe or china or you know one thing leads to another and the chinese stock market implodes like it did earlier this year and really upset things or um you know things in europe as well and and it really just seems like a lot of these kind of global almost politically driven things um, are actually kind of rippling through financial markets and the economy at large, which is kind of coming home to roost for the housing market. Right. I mean, it affects the wealth, uh, a wealth effect. And of course, you know, even though, you know, if we just look at economic outlook, it dropped. I mean, I shouldn't say dropped, but, you know, the forecast is different slightly or uh, almost like 1%, 1.5% below what we expected. Um, that of course somewhat affected you know the market affected the demand. Right. Uh, at the same time, it's not just it's not just uh, the economic outlook that affect the market. I know when we look at household demand, it was not as strong as what we anticipated too. Last year, um, at the na- uh, the nation as a whole, it was growing at what 1.7 million households. Yep. This year, it's a little bit weaker. Yeah. Um, I think it's still above 1 million, but it's definitely not as high. 
Yeah, and I think you know you can't understate the the importance of this lack of supply that we have as well, True. right? I mean, of course, yes. If you don't have homes on the market, it makes it very challenging, obviously, to to grow home sales. Um, you know, and we haven't really seen the kind of, despite the fact that you know a lot more folks have seen their homes appreciate, a lot more folks are back above water. Um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty out there with the election and just what's happening in the economy at large, where um, you know, and a lot of demographic changes, which we've kind of discussed at length in, in previous episodes, where you know folks just aren't moving for whatever reasons, um, you know, for whatever of those basket of reasons, and and so therefore, you know, you can't get the home sales from right. that front as well. And we we thought, okay, well, it will be better throughout the year, but in fact, only the first month, if I remember correctly, only the first month of this year, we had a s- increase in sales. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the last six months, we've seen consecutive declines in sales um, below the levels of where we were at last year, I think averaging about 2% down. Right. So, um, you know, great start to the year and then really petered out pretty substantially um, such that we're probably going to end the year fairly flat. Right. And of course, you mentioned about supply. Supply is, you know, of course, if you have, if you don't have enough supply that push up home prices. I think that's one of the reasons, affordability is one of the reasons that we also don't have enough uh, sales. If you look at our projected, or the uh, forecast that we had last year, we only projected a uh, 3.2% increase in price. Right. But in fact, uh, based on this year's uh, projections, so far the projection that we have, the correct, uh, the revised projection that we have for 2016, it's going to be up 6.2. So with home prices a little bit higher, obviously, people need to save up more money. People need a little bit more income to... Um, to, to afford to buy a home. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it just takes takes certain people out of the game, right? Prices, I think, have risen um, so much that there are certain people who just can't consider being homeowners anymore because of where prices are at. And you see that reflected in the home ownership rate, even in the state, which is still um, you know pretty low relative to where we were. Exactly. And of course, the areas that got affected the most obviously are the areas in, uh, that are more, uh, that are very uh, high, uh, higher priced uh, namely the Bay Area. Yep. And you saw that for the Bay Area, we are seeing more uh, decline in sales than some of the other areas, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, you know, the one upshot might be that we're seeing some listings there where it looks like prices have finally climbed to a level where um, folks are willing to put their homes on the market again. So that might alleviate some of this price growth that we see um, in 2017 in those areas. But again, it's really a fundamental supply and demand issue. So, um, you know, it's not clear that, that we're really going to see prices plateau even in expensive markets. Yeah, and, and surprisingly, though, even though with uh, increase in price, you know, when we look at the Housing Affordability Index, last year we predicted that uh, affordability index will be significantly lower. Yeah. Uh, we said it's going to be 27%, uh, but instead our newer or revised projection will be 33%. You mentioned earlier about uh, interest rates. Yeah, that's all the interest rate effect, right? Is that it's kind of offsetting the fact that that prices are more expensive with the fact that you can borrow at a cheaper rate. And so it's kind of um, masking some of the pain that that rising prices might otherwise have caused. I know we mentioned this before, uh, but give me a, a couple of things why interest rate hasn't gone up that much as what we expected. Um, 
when we first uh, forecast this year's interest rates. Yeah, I mean, global economic growth has been pretty lackluster, which in and of itself doesn't have a direct tie. But what it means is that, you know, as the kind of global economy is on the skids, we see a lot of demand for U.S. Treasuries, right? People like right, to, right. to, you know, put their, put their money. money in a safe haven where they know it's going to be safe. And, you know, at least for the next couple of months, the U.S. government isn't going to be going bankrupt for sure. Um, Brexit, maybe? Brexit, I think, is a huge part of it. The Chinese stock market collapsing in the first quarter of this year, I think, is a big part of it. Um, you know, and let's face facts, we just haven't had the economic growth, right? Like you said, very weak first couple of quarters. Second quarter, you know, came in and was revised up, but it was revised up to a pretty paltry, you know, 1.4%. So economy's still growing, but it's just not growing um, at a really robust rate. And with all this kind of um, liquidity sloshing around out there in the global economy, it just forces down long-term rates in the U.S. It's just, you know, part of the deal. True, true. And also one thing that... Uh we may or may not have mentioned before is, you know, if someone paid attention to the LIBOR rate, you know, recently mm -hmm. they realized that the LIBOR rate actually has gone up to a very high level. And uh, that's one of the reasons why the Federal Reserve has not increased interest rates. And the reason why the LIBOR rates actually have not increased is because of the new SEC money market funds rules that's going to be implemented. Uh -huh in the middle of October, in the next couple of weeks. Got it. And because of the money market funds, I don't want to get into too much detail, but the money market funds rule is actually, uh, because of that implementation, it's actually driving some of the uh, money that's actually original, that will be in the primary uh, market funds mm -hmm. into, again, into more safer funds like the uh, so these government. new money market rules are maybe driving folks into government bond into U.S. bonds maybe and keeping rates down too right and also while well, keeping rates down is one thing but also when you have a the uh, money market funds is actually very limited now so you have to actually for people who are in an international market they actually need to uh, borrow from some of the places like the uh, you know the the international funds that actually drives up the demand for the funds but at the same time it's actually uh, limiting or restricting the uh, liquidity in the financial market that's why you know remember the reason why the Federal Reserve need to raise interest rate is to make sure that you know the financial market doesn't get out of hand uh, but at the same time um, they don't want to uh, create inflation right, right? so if the mar market is already restricted in terms of the financial market is already restricted then they don't want to put additional restrictions by int increasing interest rates and mm -hmm. uh, uh, funds uh, rate making it even harder right Got so it. I think that's prevent them to, from actually increasing Fed funds rate in September. Yeah. Come December, we don't know. There's a good chance that they may or may not. If Leslie is in the room today, she'll probably say no. Right. Um, I'm still 50-50, but we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, we know they want to raise rates, right? It's just a question of um, when they think they have enough cover in what they're seeing in the data to do it without kind of, um, you know, sending things backsliding. Right, right. So, looking forward, I know we talk you know, about, you know, what happened in 2016 and maybe sometime, uh, you know, last six months or so. But going forward, what do you think the market is going to be based on our forecast? Yeah, I mean, the two big themes of which I really agree with from Leslie's, um, you know, presentation at Expo was the, the kind of new normal issue uh -huh. and also the shift 
Um, and what you meant by the shift is I think you're going to increasingly see, um, you know, folks who are priced out of coastal markets where there's also, you know, virtually no supply available for sale relative right. to what we, we normally have um, are going to keep, you know, moving towards places that are, you know, more affordable and uh -huh. have more homes available for sale. And whether that means moving from places like LA, you know, deeper into the Inland Empire or in San Francisco out towards the East Bay or Stockton and towards the Sacramento area um, or just leaving the state altogether. Um, you know, I think that that the demand is going to increasingly be towards places where folks can afford to buy homes and yet still, um, you know, maintain some kind of modicum of quality of life and access to, to good jobs. Um, so I think that's going to be something that we're going to see continue. Right, right. And, and also I think the, the kind of new normal and what she meant there is just this kind of low inventory environment, low housing turnover environment. I know we've talked a lot about the demographic changes that have happened. Um, so that there's just not going to be a lot of new um, listings and therefore that's going to continue to crimp sales. I think we're forecasting less than 2% growth in home sales for next year. Yeah, for home sales we're forecasting 1.4%. Uh, now still will grow from um, this year, 2016, but of course it's very, very slow growth and attributed to the reasons that you mentioned earlier, you know, the new normal, the shift, and you know, when you set the shift, of course, the migration pattern is going to move out, you know, from the Bay Area, for example, to you know the peripheral areas. But we shouldn't neglect the fact that you know, in Inland Empire and Central Valley, we're still seeing um, some economic growth. Oh, definitely. Uh, because they they actually started their recovery a little bit uh, later than some of the other parts of uh, California. Yeah, I mean, so, they were hit really hard by you know the Great Recession right. and things like that, much slower out of the gate to recover. Um, but they really have seemed to hit their stride. And, you know, one of the things I always wonder out loud to myself is, um, you know, whether these kind of high-income commuters who move to these affordable areas, you know, it's like they come for the affordable housing. Right. But do they eventually become, you know, an engine of growth for those regions in and of themselves? It's Maybe. like I, I moved to the Inland Empire because I want to be able to get that four-bedroom house for, you know, $300,000 or whatever the case may be. Um, but I still, you know, commute to my engineering job at Boeing in Long Beach. Uh -huh. um, you know, do we eventually reach some kind of critical mass in those markets where we have enough of those really high skilled commuters to where um, we actually start to catalyze that growth kind of locally as opposed to just being a, a bedroom community? Do those folks actually begin to start businesses or, or grow the economies in their own markets? So that's a question that I don't have an answer to, but Very one true. that I, I wonder about a lot because you do see um, increasing numbers of people. I mean, they're going out there to buy homes. You know, the vast true. majority of folks who are migrating to affordable areas, they're not going out there for cheap rents. They're going out there because, you know, hey, I can sacrifice an hour or plus commute, but become a homeowner and offer my family a great quality of life. You know, those tend to be the high income, high skilled, um, you know, folks that can really kind of jumpstart an economy too. So we'll wait and see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's possible that they maybe they will start, you know, in those areas that are more affordable, they will start, you know, uh, businesses like retail business maybe actually flourish first yep. and then move on to maybe some other businesses. So we'll find out, you know, it's not going to be in the next six months or it's so. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, that's a long term play, but, you know, something to keep an eye on. True. Now, of course, you know, if you, we have more sales in those areas, that usually affects the mix of sales change. And when you uh, 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 affect the uh, sales of uh, mix, sales mix, 
it's going to affect home prices at the statewide median. So um, that's why I think in uh, 2017, we predict part of the reason, I shouldn't say that's the whole reason, part of the reason why we're expecting a slower uh, mid uh, single digit increase of 4.3% median price is because of this mix and uh, change in mix of sales. We are not going to see as many sales in the Bay Area, but we're going to see some sales growth in Inland Valley and Central Valley. Yeah, definitely. And of course, with an increase in um, increase in price, we can also expect you know some change in affordability as well. But of course, it depends on uh, the Federal Reserve. It depends on interest rates. What do you think the interest rate is going to be? Well, first, interest rate, Fed funds rate. How how much? How many times are we going to see an increase? And also, you know, in terms of thirty-year fixed rate. How would that Fed funds rate affect that thirty-year fixed rate? Sure, uh, you know, I I hate to predict how many times the Fed's going to raise rates because right. I've missed it so know, many I times this year. But um, you know, I think they really want to raise rates. I wouldn't be surprised. I I think there's definitely going to be you know at least one, but I wouldn't be surprised to see multiple. You know, somewhere on the two to three to four range. I think they're going to be small, maybe like mm-hmm. twenty-five basis right. points at a time, if that. Um, you know. I doubt we'll see a a one and a half percent federal funds rate by the time we're we're sitting there in December of 2017 looking backwards. Um, But I do think it's an important kind of policy instrument to put, you know, one of those rounds back in the chamber in case we, you know, run into another recession in 17 or 18 to be able to kind of lower rates and try and stimulate the economy, I think is a good thing. And I think that although the the growth that we've seen hasn't been impressive. I think uh-huh. it's enough to warrant um, starting to normalize monetary policy. But I think from a housing perspective, it's not necessarily going to matter um, that much. I think, you know, going back to your original question about the affordability, um, you know, and depending on whether interest rates go up or down will dictate kind of whether these price increases translate into better or worse affordability. I think, uh-huh. you know, the one thing that's really safe to say is, the 3.4% ish interest rates that we have right now, we're probably at the bottom there. True. Um, so I think, you know, if anything, long term rates for fixed rate mortgages are going to be flat or up, but not down. And so, True. you know, no matter how you slice it, I think affordability is going to get worse. Um, but I don't, you know, that being said, I don't think that the Fed jacking up the federal funds rate is really going to translate into much of an uptick in long-term rates because of that kind of global glut of, right. of supply of capital out there that's looking for a home um, and, you know, increasingly coming into treasuries. And that's going to really, you know, prevent us from seeing a rapid you know, rise in long-term rates. Um, I think, you know, rates should stay below 5% for, you know, the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree with you too. And I think the, uh, it also depends on, of course, whether we are going to have an increase in interest rate at the end of this year. Of course, if not an increase in this year, there might be a, a higher chance of more or more frequent increase in uh, Fed funds rate in 2017. Uh, but also, you mentioned about um, global economic uh, conditions. That's the wild card. Right, exactly. And of course, I think right now, based on a lot of different uh, studies, based on a lot of different outlook, mm-hmm. we do expect the global economy to continue to improve uh, better than this year, despite the fact that Brexit is still an uncertainty. Sure. But at the same time, I think uh, people are betting on the fact that oil prices uh, probably will improve, energy prices will improve, and it looks like it's actually 
climbing back a little bit. Remember um, a couple of days ago, OPEC decided that you know they probably will restrict supply a little bit. So that actually might affect oil prices. And a lot of those emerging markets, they rely on uh, energy and commodity prices. So yeah, with so that, all those folks in Kern County maybe uh, you know be able to to kind of stop some of the bleeding true, that's been happening there too. True. And so if the global economy getting better, maybe. Uh, there might not be as much cash flooding into uh, the uh, the bond market, but still, it's still supposed to be the safe haven. So I agree with you. I don't think interest rates, uh, 30-year fixed rate, will uh, increase significantly. It will definitely be below five. I mean, I think based on our forecast, it will actually be around four right. for average. And if that's the case, affordability will dip slightly along with uh, increase in price. It will dip to 29%, but it's not uh, dramatic. It's still not the lowest that we have seen for um, uh, in 2007, 2008, but it's still... Not necessarily dramatic, but it is fairly depressing that right. only true. 29% of Californians can afford that yeah, medium price home. And so, um, you know, I think that that's going to be the mantra going forward is, is you know, just how do we get this affordability under control? That's very true. Now, of course, I don't. I don't think we have covered uh, even you know ten percent or twenty percent of what Leslie covered. Um, unfortunately, we don't have as much time to cover you know everything that she covers in her forecast. But, but folks have a chance to kind of catch up again and actually relive the the whole expo experience, right? Because right. Leslie's doing a webinar. Right, there's going to be a webinar uh, in a couple weeks on the uh, 18th. 18th, yep, at 10 at o'clock in the morning. 10 o'clock in the morning, and it's going to be in an hour with a PowerPoint presentation. So she will be presenting for an hour on the forecast, uh, kind of a, a, a recapture of what happened, uh, what, what the uh, forecast that she talked at the expo. So make sure you sign up. And she'll go into a lot more detail than we've been able to cover here. So I, you know, I recommend it if you really um, want to kind of get your finger on the pulse of what's happening. Definitely, definitely. If you have not uh, received an email yet, you should be receiving one. But if you want to uh, attend the uh, webinar, feel free to go on our website and you know register. And um, we'll see you there. Latest. We'll be there. <laughs> yes, we definitely will. Well, until then, we'll have uh, another two weeks to get to our next episode. But until then, um, have a good weekend. Thank you all. Thank you.